right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gather around the speaker, gather around the Spotify playlist, the Apple podcast playlist. Uh, Maybe you guys are in the car driving to work. Maybe you're on mobile, taking the train to work, whatever it is, wherever you are in the world, man, you are in the right place. Why? Uh, Not only because me and Brendan are here to chop it up and get after it and talk to some awesome builders in the space. Um, but also Bitcoin is like at $43,000 per coin right now. <laughs> and so uh, I'm waking up every day just just feeling like a kid in a candy shop. What about you, Brendan? Yeah, you know, I am stoked to see Bitcoin back on the rise. And it seems like the whole crypto space is benefiting. Morale has changed. And Bryce, we get to talk about something special today because we've talked about bridging before and we're going to talk about it a little bit today. But we also get to talk about infrastructure as a service, which is something that I don't think that we've got to bring up on the podcast yet. So if you're a new listener, get ready. This is going to be an exciting episode. Hey, guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera and a doorbell all in one. That's right. Three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. No drilling required. It gives you keyless entry. So no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition, and it has AI self-learning chips, so the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery, and it lasts around four months, but don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice, and also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recording. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. Yeah, no, we're, 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 it seems like we're firmly out of the bear market or what we like to refer to the builder's market. And we're here with some, some, some big time builders in the space um, who we're going to introduce in just one second. But I think what's what's so important to understand um, is that when, when prices are low, it's not the time to pack it up and, and leave and, and get get out, right? It's the time to build and invest in yourself, invest in your education. But now that prices are starting to be high um, and, and, and kind of take off with a lot of momentum, it's important not to FOMO. So it's important to, to be grounded in fundamentals, um, to look for the key projects that, that might have not kind of already moved. Um, in a significant way yet. Um, And we're really excited because there's a lot of latent potential um, in the market that that hasn't been explored yet. So these are two gentlemen, two scholars um, that we're bringing on today. We've got Gal Stern, who's the head of business development at DeBridge, and Andre, who is the CTO of Neon Labs. So gentlemen, uh, welcome to the Crypto 101 podcast, and we're, we're very excited to have you. Yeah, thanks for inviting us. I'm really excited for this. Heard good things. Thank you guys for his invite. It, uh, I think it will be a great podcast. <laughs> Let's start. 
Yeah, let's let's kick things off. Um, so we've got, you know, we've, we're graced with the presence of both of you guys today. Are you guys a team? Are, are, is D-Bridge and Neon EVM, you know, are they partnered up? Uh, before we even dive into to what's, uh, what's the projects exactly. Yeah, so we're, um, yeah, we've been talking back and forth for a long time. Um, look, exploring synergies, building a relationship together. Um, and it just made sense um, because just from a high level, we're building cross-chain infrastructure um, on SVM chains and EVM chains. Um, and Neon EVMs in right in the middle of that. So it made complete sense. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, now we have a... Since Breakpoint, we announced publicly a partnership together. Love it. Yeah. So so for those who are listening, uh, an EVM is an Ethereum virtual machine. So... Um, where applications are developed on Ethereum, if if a chain is EVM compatible, um, that application could kind of be forked over um, or, or kind of copy pasted over to that EVM compatible chain. And, and SVM is kind of a newer one. That, I believe that's Solana Virtual Machine. Is that right? Bingo. Yeah. Yes. Sir. And um, do, how do you guys feel, uh, Andre? Let me throw this one to you real quick. How do you feel about Solana versus Ethereum? Which side of the camp do you believe in? Uh. I for these two but uh, this for these two parts uh, because um neon vm is a integration point uh, for both ecosystem uh it provides uh, performance of solana uh, and uh, at the same time it has the same um api from ethereum ethereum um has a lot of tool chains, uh, uh, a lot of developers, uh, a lot of knowledge base how to develop uh, applications for blockchains. And uh, Solana at the same time has a great performance. It, it is really fast uh, and uh, it is on the top of the, of the market. If you check the coin market cap, you can see Bitcoin, Ethereum, and one of them is Solana. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a top blockchain. Uh, what about SVM? SVM uh, is a great virtual machine and it has a very long history. If you don't know, uh, SVM uh, uh, is a fork of uh, Berkey packet, packet filter from the Linux kernel and it uh, has a very long history. It has great performance. Uh, it is very good optimized and uh, it was very nice that Solana team decided to use this uh, virtual machine for uh, for the Solana blockchain, uh, f- uh, for us uh, it was great choice because we implemented our virtual machine as a smart contract for the Solana virtual machine. It's uh, and another variant how a virtual machine can be implemented. It can be not only integrated inside the blockchain as uh, Ethereum did it, as other blockchain did it. We have implemented a smart contract on the Solana. We use advantages of Solana. We deployed our smart contract on the Solana and we can process uh, Ethereum-like transaction on the Solana. Uh, it it gives us a lot of advantages. Uh, for example, we can upgrade our EVM without consensus of Solana validators. Uh, it is an additional environment inside of Solana, uh, which is living by its rules. 
Yeah, love it. So the, I think that there's kind of the takeaway from that is there's a place for both Solana and Ethereum that they really accomplish um, some different things in, in different ways. And I think what people are starting to um, starting to look at is is kind of the modular approach um, that like Celestia is kind of taken up. And you know, even Ethereum with all the layer twos, Optimism and Arbitrum and, and Matic, um, and, and there's all these different kind of modular Lego blocks. Where then Solana is just this monolithic chain, right? There's there's one in Bitcoin as well, you know, monolithic. And so I think that there's going to be a world where both of those technologies in both of those styles, I should say, kind of do evolve uh, hand in hand. But 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 Gall, I'm curious. Tell me a little bit about you know, neon and, and, and even, you know, tell me a little bit about Dbridge and, and what you guys are building, why this is such an important task uh, to undertake. Yeah. So we think with neon, they've done an amazing job at bringing the best of both ecosystems together. So amazing job on that. Well done guys. Um, and with Dbridge. So if we just step back a bit to the cross chain space as a whole, the DeFi space, we see all these L1s and L2s fragmented from each other where there's liquidity isolated from each other in different chains, L1s and L2s. Um, and this isn't really enabling full capital efficiency for the ecosystem. Um, and what we're trying to do is essentially create this infrastructure between these chains that unifies everything um, through liquidity transfers and messaging um, and also asset custody. Um, those are the three pillars of cross-chain interoperability because people say bridging, but it can mean di- very different things. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Um, so, yeah, like mm-hmm. it can be split up into asset custody, messaging, and value transfers. The most common use case is value transfers. And it seems like that's kind of the end goal of this entire collaboration, right? Is just interoperability for all blockchains across all ecosystems, right? Exactly. Because right now there's a huge barrier of entry for especially, you know, early to mid-stage ecosystems to gain access to interoperability capabilities, Um, you know, whether it's like a financial cost or a technical implementation cost. So with us, it's very easy to expand to new networks because we're not based off liquidity pools. So we don't have to bootstrap liquidity pools in every new chain we expand to. So we started with Neon being our first client um, is uh, like a like an interoperability as a service program where it's just plug and play. Um, any ecosystem can plug into it and gain access to high performance cross-chain interoperability. Yeah. But real quick, just on, on that topic, um, I'm curious kind of what the benefits of cross-chain sort of ecosystems are. You know, what, what what's kind of the point um, for, for the consumer? Like what, what, what benefits or what um, kind of enhanced experiences could the end user, the consumer kind of expect from uh, a successful implementation of this cross-chain infrastructure? So if we just focus on cross-chain value transfers, there's one level where, of course, the typical use case where you're just 
you know, you have like a swap UI and you're moving an asset on chain A to asset on chain B. So that's the most common use case. In the fastest, cheapest way possible, that's, the, that's our ultimate goal. But then there's the next level where you can allow users to tie an instruction to a cross-chain transfer. So a user can be on, like, on Arbitrum, for example, with their USDC, and in one click, they can provide liquidity on a protocol on Neon or buy an NFT on Solana. And what this does is that abstracts all the complexities and users don't even have to think about bridging. So that's, that's like the, the future, I think, for, where they don't have to think about where their assets are, where they, what they need to do to move it around. It's all abstracted for them. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the topic of interoperability become a really popular one. I know, Bryce, like, it feels like every other podcast we have someone on and, and they bring up interoperability, right? Yeah, it's a hot topic. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious from, from your perspective, Gal, why is it that interoperability has become this new like hot spring of activity? Because that's the next, that's the next problem to solve in the cross-chain space. Right now, we're seeing that all these ecosystems are isolated from each other. It's tough to onboard users. The most efficient way, like methods of, of getting onboarded into an ecosystem is through a centralized avenue, which has its... You know, it's a multi-step process. Um, so that's when the infrastructures like us come into play to create more of a one-click seamless experience where users don't have to think about slippage or waiting 20 minutes for their assets to get transferred. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, spot, the, the cross-chain spot market and unifying that between chains is a, is a huge opportunity that we're focused on. Yeah, there, there's lots of different ways we could take this conversation. Um, you know, there, there's... You know, for instance, I think um, you know Thor Chain, right? With that whole you know cross-chain swap uh, and cross-chain lending platform that they kind of have rolled out has has really been successful. Um, you know, Polkadot and Cosmos have kind of built out these pseudo cross-chain sort of ecosystems. Um, you know, there's a lot in, in you know, Synapse and Wormhole. There's lots of bridges, and so there's lots of competition, um, and there's lots of different ways to skin the cat. Um, what have been the biggest challenges um, that you've found? And Andre, we could start with you. Um, and and Gall, I'm very curious as, as to some challenges you found maybe as well on the business development and the, the adoption side. But you know, maybe Andre, you could, you could speak to some of the challenges you found uh, with your infrastructure. About the challenges, um, in the summer, we launched our product on the Solana mainnet. And uh, we spent some time to make our platform stable. It's uh, not a simple task. It's uh, we are platform. It's uh, not one site, site website or one client. It's uh, it's a bit. Yeah, we should provide uh, functionality of the platform. Uh, what uh, what it means? It should be stable. It should be available for all users and so on. And when uh, we uh, make made our platform stable, uh, we started uh, the developing of infrastructure inside of the platform. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the main components for uh, for the infrastructure inside is not only run applications uh, inside of platform. This application should have uh, a communications with other application in other blockchains. And we, we look uh, what the bridges right now exist on the market and uh, uh, 
remember, uh, we have a very good partner, the bridge, and uh, this is a very excellent uh, technology. And this bridge uh, wasn't hacked any time. It's most the safe uh, bridge on the market. And mm -hmm. uh, we decide, yes, it's our partner. It, we should go forward with them. Uh, and right now, on after breakpoint, after announce, uh, we started our integrations. Uh, we are working on it. And uh, uh, plus, the next steps will be uh, deploy different apps on the platform and give this, uh, um, uh, this platform to users. And for Gal he, and his team, uh, will be additional task to uh, build uh, communications with all other blockchains. Uh, this is, was our way of, of the mm -hmm. partnership. This was, uh, was our challenges and so on. And for you, Gal? Yeah, so I think there's, I think this this speaks not just for the cross chain space, but for the the space as a whole. Um, I think there's a huge um, discrepancy between um, like products that are really high performance and have proven themselves as being a, an amazing product, and then the ones that are like perceived as the as like the go to solution based off their you know their reputation, who endorses them, their branding. Um, I think that those components are very important um, in order to, um, you know, get the the approval from the the you know the retail users and investors and institutions even. Um, but how what we're trying to do really to, you know, differentiate ourselves personally is being the high performance solution. So the main way we're different, um, just to give your audience some context, the main way we're different from other solutions is that we're zero TVL and intent based. Um, so what I mean by zero TVL, because TVL assumes that there's a liquidity pool where there's a smart contract passively locking multi, multi millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. um, but with us, this isn't the case. It's more of an order book of intents instead um, because Initially, like over a year ago, we noticed that liquidity pools are a massive, massive bottleneck for bridges. Um, we noticed that yeah, not they, very you know, efficient. Yeah, not efficient. Slippage goes up exponentially as the order gets bigger, and we've seen all you these bridge hacks. Yeah, exactly. So we've seen all these bridge hacks happen. Um, but with us, we're taking the risk off these multi-million-dollar liquidity pools. Um, so by design, by foundation. We're trying to take a more secure approach. And so far, we've been um, no incidents. And we're one of the very few that have had a you know, very clean track record. Yeah, I mean, that's a really fortunate thing to hear because especially as we've been around in the space for the past few years, it seems like every month, every other month, we're hearing about unfortunate events happening to different bridges and, and different ecosystems. But Gall, you know, I'm curious what kind of advice you would give maybe different enthusiasts or developers that are looking to explore the realm of blockchain interoperability? I think, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because I feel like especially with people's previous experience with different bridges, um, you know, the long waiting time, the slippage, the wrapped assets, um, the rug pulls, of course, they have a bad experience with bridges. That's, and um, there's a common occurrence where people find out about us they're a bit hesitant to try us because they think, you know, we're just like another, just another bridge, but in reality, we're not. 
they try us out for the first time and they're like, wow, this is, this is different. Um, and it's like a breath of fresh air. So um, that's really the typical user journey as users find out about us. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, so, so some, something um, kind of just a, um, what, well, maybe I'll call it a tangent, but it's, it's, I can't stop thinking about it because it's everywhere in the news right now. Um, and it's not necessarily um, the cross-chain approach. It's not having anything to do with Ethereum or any of the new cool altcoins that we're all building and love. But it kind of is this Bitcoin ETF. And I want to get your guys' thoughts just on this generally. Um, for, for Brendan and I, you know, we're over here in the States. Um, we don't have any ability for, for, to, to buy this Bitcoin ETF yet. But for folks who are outside of the States, um, like you guys, right? There's, you know, Bitcoin ETFs all over the world in different countries. And, you know, do you guys feel like this is kind of a big deal uh, for the markets or do you think it's kind of overblown? Um, and Andre, we could start with you and then Gala. I'm curious to hear um, your opinion as well on the Bitcoin ETF. Uh, about the Bitcoin ETF. Uh, yes. Uh, it's very strange that in USA you have so limitations. Uh, it's uh, strange for us uh, outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and um, uh, my opinion, it's a very big step for the crypto industry. It uh, open. Uh, it show for the community for the world uh, that uh, cryptocurrency is not something dangerous <laughs> uh, mm. as it was before. Uh, it. Uh, um, after Bitcoin ETF, uh, crypto industry became more. Uh, it's um, it's a signal to the, Yes, it's a signal to to all world. Uh, you can go here. You can use it, mm. uh, and it's uh, it's became normal. Yeah, uh, it's safe. It's not scary. It, it has yes. that kind of stamp of approval. Yes, uh, and. Uh, it gives trust to uh, to everyday users. Yeah. What do you think, Gal? Yeah, I think just it's it's great this trend of getting closer to um, you know the traditional world, the traditional finance world, institutions. I think that's really the next wave in terms of mass adoption in the crypto space. Uh, making sure that there's a um, like the proximity is much closer. The element of trust is much closer. Um, I think that's very important for especially to onboard new capital into the space. And I think that's going to be the next wave of capital. And with ourselves, we're, that's what, what we're trying to do in terms of our positioning. So um, we're not limited by those liquidity pool bottlenecks. So we're also focused on onboarding institutions. And, you know, as of recently, we've already fulfilled six, seven-figure orders um, and continue to do so. Wow. I love it. You know, I'm curious, how do you think a yield-bearing ethereum etf would work because that just oh, that would is like be a whole new concept right yeah like a staking wow. yield etf <laughs> <laughs> i think it'd be pretty cool um kind of the way i think you know ethereum you know blackrock is already you know saying that they're going to have an etf for ethereum they've already filed it i think a few others have been and seven so with ethereum what, what was that there's been seven of them now oh my god yeah seven that, that's crazy and uh, since Ethereum has like a native staking yield, um, you know, you could kind of keep compounding that um, and, and kind of offer that as as a security in the ETF. And I'm very curious to see how that's all going to work out. 
Um, I, I, you know, gentlemen, I, I want to ask you each, you know, outside of anything that you guys are personally building or personally invested in, you know, maybe as whatever. Um, so there's no conflict of interest. I'm just curious, what other projects or protocols um, or companies are out there that you think are really, really awesome? Just, you know, they're, they're pushing the industry forward. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always a big fan um, of MakerDAO, for instance, uh, you know, MKR, decentralized sort of bank, if you will, where they've got their stable coin. And I always think that's like a really cool novel approach. Um, but are there any other shout outs that you guys could give? Maybe one or two? I'm happy to start. Um, Let's yeah, hear so it. Actually, it's good. funny you mentioned MakerDAO. I met Rune at a breakpoint because he's also dabbling in the, the whole SVM space and yeah he i heard they're going to try and port over to solana in some capacity yeah and he was discussing it on stage it was really interesting but in, just personally i think there's a huge i'm really excited for the like the real world to go on chain you know, like real world assets i'm very optimistic about the use cases around stable coins and you know real world payments and um, transfers between borders um, for payments, and I think that's a, that's going to be one of the biggest use cases for um, for the crypto space in general. What about you, Andre? Um, I I think that uh, uh, after Bitcoin ETF, uh, there will be a lot of uh, interesting project uh, because uh, industry uh, will um, get more liquidity. And market mm. will grow. Uh, mm. Right now, we should uh, more um, look on the startups, which currently uh, only on the start of the way. Uh, they have a very big uh, potential for growth in the near future. And uh, I think um, uh, it's better to look. Uh, uh, New uh, variants of rollups uh, for Ethereum, hmm. and uh, and uh, check which uh, rollup has uh, roadmap to uh, to run in the near future, and it will be <laughs> the best. Yeah, host. I like that. Yeah, there's um, there's you know in terms of uh, all the different rollups on Ethereum. Um, and all the different startups that are coming due to the enhanced liquidity that the Bitcoin ETF and, and all these institutions coming in, you know, Optimism, Arbitrum, um, ZK Sync, yes. um, Matic. Yeah. I'm, any other ones that, that we left off that list? Even the launch of Base, right? Base, yes. base was base. huge. Yes. Base, base. Yeah, the, the, what's going on with Blast is crazy. <laughs> and Blast is crazy <laughs> yeah. too. Um, it, I mean, pretty controversial what's kind of going on there. I'm, I'm not too up to snuff with it, but it seems like there's some large affiliate program and they're not blocking out American users and Paradigm, who was like their lead investor, came out and was kind of scalding them publicly and saying, we don't agree with it. And <laughs> here, Blast keeps blasting off and it has, you know, like a billion dollars in liquidity already or something crazy. Um, man, crypto, there's never a dull moment. We, yeah. we always have something fun. Every day is a great day in this space. 
Always gentlemen, I want to know what's next for you, um, both in terms, you know, individually, what you guys are going to be, you know, taking your companies to the next level and for the partnership. What, you know, what can we expect from you guys um, as, as listeners kind of go about their, their day here um, in their days and their weeks? Um, about our partnership or about Neon EVM? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let, why don't we start with uh, Neon and then uh, the partnership? Um, if uh, about Neon EVM, we have a lot of great plans. Um, we are not on the uh, breakpoint that we want to implement uh, multi-gas token payments. So on the Neon, it will be possible to use uh, a lot of tokens for to pay for transactions. And uh, at the same time, uh, we are thinking about um, uh, staking of Neon of neon tokens and allow users to earn money uh, on on the staking of, of neon when other uh, actors of our platform operators earn money uh, in different tokens and the operators can share their profit in a stable coin for example between uh, users who stake neon tokens uh, it's our plans. Uh, the next uh, big advan- uh, functionality which we want to bring to our platform is uh, to integrate uh, Ethereum application with Solana applications. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, Neon is a closed environment on the Solana. It allow um, it. It is not a simple task to create a transaction in which uh, you can integrate uh, programs from two ecosystems. And we want to simplify this process. And for example, it will be possible to uh, use in one transaction fork of A for Curve and uh, Radium and Orca from, from the from the Solana. Um, it's uh, about Neon EVM. Uh, we have a lot of plans. Uh, it will be a very great uh, year for us. Uh, about interoperability uh, and uh, partnership with uh, uh, the bridge. Um, uh, Neon is uh, is a very young platform, and uh, we prepared an interesting program for the uh, early builders. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For hundred and thirty more, you'll be a swole member. And for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy. Always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May tenth. See Home Club for details. Who can deploy uh, forks of existing application and develop it, the application by themselves? And uh, we think it will be a good um, point for the the bridge, and they uh, have abilities to integrate with uh, new applications and uh, new users to the whole uh, ecosystem where the bridge is working now. It uh, integration with uh, many blockchains, which already is connected to, to the bridge. Yeah, once everything's in place and um, very soon, uh, <laughs> it'll be very easy for both users and applications to get onboarded and deploy and do whatever they want on the Neon ecosystem. But yeah, just stepping back from um, what we're focused on and moving forward, um, like as of recently, we've had record volume record users 
coming to our platform, especially because we're you know, part of that reason. Of course, we're getting a lot of activity between you know, L1s and L2s on EVM, but also yeah. getting a lot of activity between Solana um, and being one of the go-to bridges for that. So yeah, just continuing to facilitate that demand and scale. We're really at that stage where we're ready to, um, yeah, to scale and um, just grow all our metrics and become well-recognized in the space. All right, gentlemen. Well, man, this bull market can't uh, can't come soon enough, and uh, I'm excited to see uh, how how this sort of infrastructure can facilitate, you know, better trading, more capital efficiency, better user experience, and just an all around larger crypto ecosystem. So, Andre and Gall, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, before we let you go, please. Let us know um, how our listeners could kind of keep up with you guys. Are you prefer Discord, Twitter? Do you guys have a website we could go to? Um, Gal, why don't you let us know yours? And then Andre, you could let us know yours. And we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, we have dbridge.finance. Um, we have a Discord. We have a Twitter. We make sure we update everyone on all those platforms. So whichever one suits you best, you can stay tuned there. Uh, the same situation. We have a uh, Discord, we have a Twitter space, and uh, but if you need uh, the fast response, it will be better if you go to our Discord and ask questions, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you will receive answer as fast as possible. Awesome. Ain't that one of the best things about crypto is to just be able to go ask questions to the founders of, of, of the things that you're working on. It's just it's just the best. I love it. So, gentlemen, thank you for making yourselves available to us and to the community through this podcast. And we hope to hear from you guys again soon. And we're wishing you all the best. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you.